what customer was eating five years ago is completely different now. So you've got to stay sharp on that market front. Because food waste really starts at the farm and then it finishes at the end of a scraped plate. This is the Food and Beverage Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on market scale. Hope you're hungry. Let's dig in. All right, all right. Welcome to this episode of the Market Scale Food and Beverage Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Hope you're having a happy holiday season, whatever holiday you might be celebrating. Thank you so much for uh, taking some time out and joining me on the Food and Beverage Podcast. We have a lot of great stuff coming up on the show today. The first thing we're going to do is introduce a new element to the show. It's called On the Beat. And uh, what On the Beat is going to be is a uh, an interview, a quick interview with an author of a piece. So They've written something about the food and beverage industry, and so we're going to invite them on the podcast just to uh, do a deeper dive into what they wrote and uh, get more of their insight on that piece. So uh, today we're going to talk to Nancy Luna, and she recently wrote an article about how some restaurants are rewarding uh, people that have gotten to the restaurant using rideshare. So they're using rideshare rewards, basically encouraging people to uh, to dine in and in trying to increase the number of their uh, the amount of business that they get from dine-in customers as opposed to uh, the new fad of you know rideshare delivery and that sort of thing. So uh, we're going to do a deep dive into that with Nancy Luna. That's going to be the first thing that we're going to do on the show today. And then I'm going to talk to Michael Crocker. He's the founder and CEO of Vera Solutions. And what they do is they connect restaurants using a network of sensors with uh, integrated software platforms to help save money, improve efficiency, and improve customer safety. So uh, some of what they do is is do temperature checks to make sure that uh, food is being stored at a correct temperature, at a safe temperature for that particular food. Uh, but it's really just a, a network of interconnected devices that help bring the, the kitchen of a restaurant into uh, the digital age, kind of where everything can be interconnected and everything can be smart nowadays. So that's what's coming up on the show today. I'm really excited about this episode. You've heard enough from me. Let's get to that interview coming up next with Nancy Luna. Welcome to On The Beat, a look at some of the best pieces in the industry this week with insight from the writers themselves. I'm your host, Sean Heath. You know, one of the biggest challenges in today's society is where are we going to eat and how are we going to get that food to be in the same spot on the planet that we are? Do we order out or do we go get it? Do we draw straws and send someone out on a food run? What's the plan? Today I have an opportunity to talk to somebody who has recently discovered a new technological trend that just might change the way we think about eating as a general rule. Today, I have the pleasure of having a conversation with the senior editor and tech editor at Nation's Restaurant News, Nancy Luna. Nancy, how are you today? I'm doing fine. Thank you. So I want to talk about this story that you just put up um, on Nation's Restaurant News. Uh, And it's titled Tech Tracker, TGI Friday's Buffalo Wild Wings Test Ride Sharing Rewards. Now, that's not exactly a new sort of manipulation, uh, a way to get uh, taxi cabs, for example, for years across the country in larger cities have gotten a little bit of a bonus or a little bit of a tip from an establishment if they bring people who don't know where they want to go 
to the doors of that establishment. But this approach seems very intentional and it seems pretty symbiotic. Talk to me just briefly about what this new Freebird Rides concept entails. Well, it basically entails, it's a new app that works with restaurants to incentivize people to get off the couch and come into the restaurant. I mean, one of the biggest challenges restaurants face today, especially full service, is getting people to stop binging Netflix and getting into their restaurant. And with the advent of ride sharing, this app works to create incentives to get people to come into the restaurant. And if they use a ride sharing program, they get a cash back reward. And the bonus for the restaurant is that they get the customer in the door, Uber gets another ride, and voila, you have someone in the door getting earning money for the restaurant. Now, I mentioned this as if it were something new, but it's actually been uh, in uh, testing in Los Angeles for a little while, hasn't it? Right. So the um, app creator is based in Los Angeles, and they started in several markets in Los Angeles for a year, and they're branching out Boston and Dallas, and they've mostly been working with independent restaurants and testing on the national level with some chains in certain markets, including TGI Fridays and Buffalo Wild Wings. All right, so I have a question just from a strictly financial standpoint. I know Uber gets an additional ride in the deal uh, that perhaps someone might not have used. Do they have an additional incentive to be a part of this program? Is there something extra that Uber gets other than just that extra ride from that customer? From um, from what I understand, this is a this is sort of a business partnership. Uber doesn't really get anything but the free ride. So Uber is like an overlay into the app. So when someone goes into the app, it's just like you're ordering a meal. You're ordering, you're looking for a restaurant and you say, okay, Buffalo Wild Wings gives me $4 cash back if I go to their restaurant right now. So you click, you order your ride and it's just like being on Uber. So it's like an overlay. And then once you get to the restaurant and you, and you order your food, that restaurant, then once you have that transaction, you get a credit back on the same credit card that you used for Uber. So according to the owner, Uber loves them just because they're driving people to their app. Okay, so explain to me then why, as a customer, it would make financial sense to me. I understand the social aspect of it. Why would it make financial sense to me to take an Uber to a restaurant, pay the Uber, and then also pay for my food at the restaurant versus just having Uber Eats bring the food to my door? What are the benefits that I get as a customer? It, well, you're asking a social question. I mean, this this is a really about choice and being where the consumer is and giving the consumer a chance to make that decision that they want to go out and have an experience. And and usually most restaurants, I mean, meal, meal delivery, they will bring some beverages, but you're not going to get booze. And that's really what this is about. Like a lot of the restaurants that are participating are lounges and bars where they're wanting to drive up the sales. And the reason why you want to go out and drink and you want to use Uber is because you don't want to, you don't want to drive yourself. That's why you drink at home. But when you have this incentive where you're going to get cash back and you're using a rideshare program, it's great for the restaurant because they, the consumer tends to 
order more on their check. They order more drinks. So I did look at this from the social aspect, but it seems to be very socially conscious then, if that's one of the of the benefits of it. Now, you had an opportunity to talk to Freebird CEO, Kurt uh, Brenlinger. Um, what kind of success has he f- has he seen over the past year that they've been doing this? Are restaurants really seeing uh, a nice benefit from this? I think it's still too early to to call. I mean, he's only been in full year test in Los Angeles. So it's still in its incubator stage. Um, What he has said in the Los Angeles area, um, without getting into specifics, the checks, the average check does tend to increase when you are using the app to go into the restaurant versus somebody driving in and ordering. It really seems like it's almost as if restaurants have found a way to create a concierge service. That seems like a pretty personalized, um, there are a lot of opportunities to personalize a customer's experience or a guest's experience. If the restaurant is able to be a part of their experience from the time they're picked up at the house all the way to the restaurant and then back home, that seems like that would be an excellent way to build more brand loyalty. Exactly, and you hit the nail on the head because really it's about being where the consumer is and the consumer is on their phone. And it's really not about bringing that one random in, person in to drive traffic. You know, any, you can really do that any with a mailer, you know. But what they really want to do is drive loyalty. And what they want to do is drive experience. And if you create this really great experience, especially for the letter generation, you've nailed it, you've got it, you, it's a win, and they come back. Now, I feel that I have been remiss in not mentioning that there is an additional financial incentive because some of these restaurants are offering cash back rewards if you use this free bird process. Exactly. It's, but it's no different than a mailer or a coupon. When a casual dining restaurant sends a mailer saying $4 off your entree, come in. Okay. That makes sense. So now I want to ask you about one other thing because I know your time's really limited today. Um, I walk into this restaurant and you have a small blurb in this article that now, um, there's a chance that restaurants might order my food based on facial recognition when I walk in the door. That's not really a thing, is it? <laughs> yes, it certainly is. It's mostly in the fast food industry and in those in those uh, restaurants where you have kiosks that have facial recognition. And it's really there's only it's just it's just starting. But yes, it is it is a real thing. It is happening. It's not unlike your phone where you have your new phones now. You unlock them with your face. I'm really concerned because I don't want everybody to know just how bad my diet is. I don't want people to have video evidence of me stopping at a fast food restaurant 43 times a week. It's not really like taking a picture from what I understand of your face. As you know, the way your phone works, it's kind of taking a a facial geo mapping your face and putting all those pieces together and voila it suddenly recognizes who you are. All I have to say, there was a glitch when I used it in a restaurant in Pasadena. It just didn't recognize me. I thought I was like invisible. That's kind of humbling, isn't it? Yeah, it is and is not, it depends. I mean, I would like to think that I look like me. And if a computer system knows what I look like, I would hope it would say, oh yeah, that's Sean. If it doesn't, that would hurt my feelings a little bit. I think I'd be offended. In some ways, it was kind of helpful that it didn't. You're right. It, it, if it didn't work, it means that it kind of made sense. But when it does work, it's really kind of freaky. 
Well, I'm uh, I'm very interested in in checking out this Freebird Rides myself. That's a very uh, excellent work. That was a nice little that was a nice little story that you wrote about that. It's very interesting. Uh, if you want more information about this, and you obviously do, if you're listening to this podcast, you can go to www.nrn.com. Go to the technology section, and you'll see the story that Nancy placed on there just last week. Nancy, thanks so much for taking the time today. I really have enjoyed this. Thank you for having me. Thanks to our correspondent, Sean Heath, for conducting that interview. And thank you so much to Nancy Luna for joining us on the podcast today. All right, coming up next is that interview with Michael Crocker. He's the CEO and founder of Vera Solutions. We're going to talk a little bit about IoT in the food industry. So how can uh, the Internet of Things really help make food preparation uh, a safer process, a more efficient process, make sure that there's less waste uh, that goes on in the kitchen? And how did he go from uh, making software and working on software for the medical field into this particular area? So it's an interesting story how he ended up getting into it. I'm excited for you to get to hear this interview and learn more about Michael Crocker and the work that he's doing uh, there at Vera Solutions. It's some exciting stuff. So stick around for that. That's coming up next on the Market Scale Food and Beverage Podcast. Right, joining me now on the Market Scale Food and Beverage Podcast is Michael Crocker. He's the founder and CEO of Vera Solutions. They connect restaurants using a mesh network of sensors with an integrated software platform to help save money, improve efficiency, and improve customer safety. Michael, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, man. Thank you. Uh, for having me. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to get to have this conversation. Um, a, a lot of what I read about uh, what Vera Solutions is doing came from an article in Hypopotamus. Uh, that's a really good article, actually. Everyone should go uh, check it out for more background on what you're doing at Vera Solutions. But kind of just walk us through what are some of the specific solutions that you're providing for restaurants? Yeah. So, you know, the first product we launched, the Temp Tracker, um, was really a way for you know, us to provide a technology solution that would replace the need for restaurant workers to go out and, you know, record the temperature of their food storage devices like refrigerators and freezers um, several times a day. And then from there, you know, take all the data that we're collecting and be able to aggregate and distribute that to restaurant operators so that they can run their businesses better. And, And really, after releasing that, I think we you know, we determined that temperature was just the beginning, but really there's this broader problem in the back of restaurants around, you know, digital data and trying to automate different processes that are, you know, right now being done manually. And so that's that's really one of the things that we focus on at Bear Solutions and where our products will continue to evolve. Yeah, and so I, I've been reading Anthony Bourdain's book, Kitchen Confidential, over the last couple of months. I'm a, I'm a slow reader. It's taking me a while, but it's a fantastic book, but in it, he kind of details how he's doing all of this stuff by hand, keeping track of inventory and that sort of thing, just to try to make sure that nothing goes to waste and to run his restaurant as efficiently as possible. But uh, I'm imagining now just that uh, with you guys coming along and digitizing a lot of this and providing uh, solid data to these uh, to chefs and to restaurant owners, uh, that that saves them a world of time and actually helps them do their jobs better because they're able to focus on the things that uh, you know that they're hired because they're great at, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the reasons that really got me interested in, 
you know, the food service space as a whole, where some of these macro trends happening, such as, you know, shortages of labor and the rising cost of labor. Um, and so, you know, theoretically, if you could use technology to, um, you know, reduce the time that it takes your staff to perform certain repetitive functions like taking the temperature of a refrigerator or counting, you know, the number of tomatoes that you got in your most recent shipment, um, you know, you could probably do a lot of good in the food space. What has been the feedback that you've gotten from people that have used uh, the products and what, what, kind of, uh, what kind of data are you delivering them on a regular basis? Yeah, so um, the feedback's been good. Um, one of the things that we really focused on, you know, as we were developing our first product and subsequent products was ease of use and ease of deployment. Um, so we really, you know, had this vision where you could be a restaurant operator anywhere in the world and we have customers, you know, outside of the United States and places like, you know, the United Kingdom, France, Germany, um, and other places in Western Europe, but we wanted to give them this experience where you could get a box in the mail with, you know, sensors to monitor your equipment, for instance, and be able to deploy those in a matter of minutes and then, start getting data and be able to access that data really on any device, you know, on your smartphone, on a tablet, on a desktop computer. And so I think one of the big pieces of feedback that we've gotten is uh, that the product offers good customer experience. And I think that that's critical, you know, to be successful in the restaurant space because historically you have this industry that's maybe you know, a little bit resistant to technology. I mean, typically people will go and work in restaurants if they don't want to go and sit in front of a computer all day. And so it's been an interesting journey for us to find out really how to, you know, give customers a particular experience that makes them want to digest and consume the data that we're providing. And this also seems to provide such a great avenue forward because uh, so much of, like you mentioned, so much of the, the food and beverage industry at times has been uh, slow to adopt new technologies and that sort of thing. So can you foresee a day where um, you know sensors and monitors and, and, and your products are uh, helping the entire process from farmers all the way through you know, the moment that food is cooked and sent out to, uh, you know, to a customer at a restaurant? Ab absolutely. I mean, I think... Right now, we're really at the beginning of this, um, you know, growth phase in the food tech space where, um, you know, a culmination of things like, you know, labor, cost, um, you know, food waste, food safety um, are all pushing restaurant operators and the food industry in general to implement technology to solve these problems and, you know, make it more efficient. So I, I read that your initial intent was uh, to have a, uh, a sensor that kind of monitored hand washing to make sure that, uh, that um, things in the kitchen were as sanitary as possible. What was the conversation that helped you uh, kind of switch your focus to be more focused on, um, on you know, uh, the, the, the food uh, or just like tracking inventory and improving efficiency and that sort of thing? Yeah, so um, I started my career in the healthcare IT space, uh, actually, um, you know, with a company that was doing software for cancer doctors. And so one of the, uh, one of the first, um, 
you know, ideas that I had for various solutions was to develop a product that would use beacons to track whether or not, you know, doctors were washing their hands. Um, and as I was, uh, you know, going out and, and shopping this idea around in 2015, um, you know, it occurred to me after the Chipotle food safety outbreak in the fall of 2015 that, um, you know, really uh, the food space could probably benefit from, you know, tools like that. And so as I, I went to explore more and started talking to owner operators, you know, found out that, um, you know, hand hygiene compliance is obviously a, a huge deal, a little bit more difficult to track, but the temperature like I mentioned initially, is really a huge compliance issue in restaurants. Um, you know, if you look at your standard restaurant, um, they need to go out and check the temperature of all of their stored food several times a day. They need to take internal food temps, um, you know, of prepared foods. They have to monitor the temperature of, um, you know, say oils or their frying foods. And so temperature is just this massive problem slash opportunity in the food space that we decided we would go out and tackle that, you know, would be a good place to start. Tell me more about the growth of Vera Solutions as you guys have uh, have kind of continued this journey and begin pro- providing these products for more and more uh, restaurants. How has the company grown and, and what do you see as the, uh, the vision for the future? Yeah, so um, selling in a restaurants is an interesting challenge. You know, there, there's about a million of them in the United States. Um, and then you have all of these other, um, you know, opportunities that are subject to the same regulation, like convenience stores or hotels. Um, and so we initially started selling our product direct, um, in 2017. Uh, and after we, you know, like I said, acquired a couple hundred customers, we started you know, attracting some large strategics who already had, you know, well-established uh, footprints in the space. Um, one company in particular, Avery Dennison, um, you know, which is a, a major player in the uh, material science space. And, you know, we ended up signing a deal with them in April of 2018, where they're now the exclusive distribution partner for you know, our temp and task tracking products worldwide. And we think that, you know, that evolution of going direct into distributing through a large channel partner that has resources across the world is, you know, really a capital efficient way for us to scale quickly and to get these products, which are, you know, really needed out to the market quicker. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, f- food waste is kind of one of those big uh, problems that's discussed on a, on a global scale on a regular basis. Probably one of the bigger issues facing the food and beverage industry is just the, uh, the issue of food waste. And so I, I wonder just how often do you think about the larger implications of what you're doing, not just from, uh, you know, the micro level of helping each, you know, particular restaurant be more efficient and save money and that sort of thing, but also helping tackle a, a larger global problem of food waste when it comes to, uh, you know, when it comes to wasting food around the around the world yeah um all the time uh you know i think when i started this company um you know i was interested in solving this sort of smaller problem of trying to you know automate process and save restaurant operators time and money but when you take a step back and look at the enormous amount of 
food waste and inventory spoilage, um, especially related to things like temperature management, um, you see that what we're building at Bear Solutions has the opportunity to, you know, affect a lot more people than just the owner operators. Really has implications, um, you know, across the world in terms of benefit for solving this one problem um, that we have. Absolutely. What what excites you about the future of, of what you're doing? And, and what is there new technology that you've seen that you think this is going to help us innovate and, and continue to grow this uh, further down the line? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think what excites me most about this opportunity is the fact that people's preferences for food consumption are changing. You know, I really look at, um, you know, the increase in the mobile and mobile food delivery space. You know, there's not a single company where I can't now, you know, pick up my phone, go into an app and order a meal that can be there in 30 to 60 minutes at my you know, doorstep. Um, I think that that huge growth opportunity really represents new challenges in terms of, you know, tracking the temperature of food in that last mile context. And I think that, you know, one of the things that our company is particularly interested in is using, um, you know, smart labels, intelligent label technology, very sort of lightweight uh, sensing technology to be able to better monitor that food as it's being transported from a restaurant where we're currently monitoring it to, you know, the consumer who is oftentimes, you know, going to be consuming in their house as opposed to in the traditional restaurant establishment. Yeah, that's normally me on a Sunday afternoon with football on or something like that. Exactly. Like, um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, man, that's awesome. You guys are doing really cool stuff at Vera Solutions. Really excited to see what the future holds and how you guys continue to grow. Uh, and that is uh, Michael Crocker, the founder and CEO of Vera Solutions. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, Michael. Hey, thanks so much. Thank you again to Michael Crocker. It's really interesting stuff that Vera Solutions is doing and just using that interconnectivity of things uh, to help bring the kitchen into a more digital age and to uh, make things more efficient, uh, less wasteful, and things along those lines. So exciting stuff going on there. That is all we have for this week's episode of the show. Thank you to Sean Heath for conducting that interview with Nancy Luna earlier. Thank you to Nancy for joining us on the podcast as well. And thank you to you, good listener, for uh, joining us for this week's episode. We very much appreciate you listening, uh, and we hope that you've enjoyed your holiday season uh, wherever you've been and however you've been celebrating. We do appreciate you taking some time out to listen to this episode of the podcast. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, we'd appreciate it if you subscribed on either iTunes or Spotify or you bookmark the website on your, uh, on your browser. However you choose to do it, however you consume the podcast, we do appreciate you finding it and listening to it as well. And we would love it if you shared it with your friends, neighbors, relatives, other people in the industry. If you're a chef and you got other people that you know that are chefs and you uh, like the podcast uh, send it around to them we would certainly appreciate that very much as well i've been your host tyler kern thank you again for listening to this week's episode of the food and beverage podcast we will see you again here shortly with another episode of the podcast but until then we'll talk again soon